All right, can you guys hear me well? All right, very good. Well, welcome everyone to part two of our series called Light of Light, Light of Light. Last week we looked at, uh, we talked about my favorite movie of all times, which is Mission Impossible. Like I love all of them equally, especially even the more recent ones. Why I love it, what gives me the goosebumps every time I watch Mission Impossible is because when the plot is set, it always begins the same way. Your mission, if you choose to accept. And Tom Cruise always accepts the mission. Why? Because he understood his identity. He understood his role. He understood that I'm an agent and I'm going to accept this mission. Even though it seems impossible, he always accepted it because he understood his role. This was part of his duty to accept the role even regardless of how impossible it may seem. The entire basis of what we're talking about, of light of light, is that I made a, a clear disclaimer last week and I want to emphasize it now. Every single one of us are at different stages of life, are pursuing God at a different pace, at a different, for different reasons, whatever the case may be, all of us are at different places. But one thing is true, we are all are looking for something more. All of us are looking for something more, all of us are hungry, or at least curious for something more. Curious about the creator of the entire universe who has all the galaxies in his palm, or maybe a little bit curious of who he is. Regardless of where we are on this path and on this walk, there has to be something that has been very clear that Jesus made extremely clear 2,000 years ago. That we are not called to be a consumer of just finding him to do this, or he's just like, you know, like Syria. We just say, hey, I need you to help with this, or I need you to do this or that, or, like, or when there's crisis, that's when I call on him. That it's called for me to, to share the light that I have received from him, that I'm called to share that light to others. Around the year 350, in modern-day Turkey, there was early Christian, early Christian leaders who were bishops got together and they said, how are we going to describe who Jesus is and who Jesus is to us? How are we going to describe who Jesus is and who he is to us? And they used a very intentional phrase. They used the phrase, light of light. That they wanted to make it super clear that Jesus wasn't just a really super cool dude, a really great rabbi who just like really just had a great message about love. That, that, that's not, they, they want to make it clear it wasn't just about that. That Jesus is actually God with skin on him. That Jesus is, skin, it, Jesus is God with skin on him. Since he is light from the light, we are called to be that same light to others. Why well, I love that video. It's something simple. It's, very, it's a cute video of seeing how, like, you're doing, you do it for one person, the impact that has. Jesus takes that and moves it to a whole new level. That you don't just do something nice to someone just because they're doing something nice to you. That's, I mean, a, a, anybody, regardless of ideology, regardless of background, regardless of worldview, is going to do that. But we're called to do something so much more, that if we're going to pursue the one who pushed unconditional love to humanity, we are called to push unconditional love to others, even though it might be painful. But what does it look like for us to give that light to others? What does it mean to give this light to others? Let's agree that last week, or let's just assume that you agree that last week, that part of if I'm wanting to pursue God, if I'm wanting to pursue Jesus, that is not just from a consumer mentality, consumeristic mentality, that requires me to give that light to others regardless of where I am. Okay, okay, let's say we all assume we all accept that. What does that look like? What does that look like? Does that mean I need to go hold out a sign or I, I need to tell my, my coworker over lunch tomorrow that Jesus is your Savior? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying for you to, to wear this cute outfit either. 
But one thing is clear, that giving light comes in such a wide array of different ways. Even in this room, look how much different types of light there exist in this room. But all are accomplishing the same mission. Every single light, from the projector light to every light here, looks different. But it all has the same mission, is to give light to whatever it's in front of it. And we are called to do the same. And I just want to share a wide array of diversity of shedding light to others and what that looks like. Ways to become the light. If I'm wanting to pursue the true light, let me look and see what that might look like. Let me see what that might look like. One way is, of, of what that might look like of, of becoming the light is, is me to give that light to others in an intellectual way, in a confrontational way, in an invitational way, in serving others, or maybe in a testimonial way. What I, want, I want to share just one example from each way that I might want to share the light. Another reason why I want to make this remark, why I want to emphasize on us to become the light and for us to give that light to others. Even our third core value here at San Mark Church is for us to become the light, for us to become the light. The early followers of Jesus who had their doubts, their questions, their hesitation, I don't know, I'm not sure, question, their hesitation question, even and seeing that their teacher, the rabbi Jesus, being hung on a cross, they still had questions and doubts. One man who's experienced all of that, who outlived all the other followers of Jesus, who had doubts himself when he decided to sit down and write down who Jesus is to him, he wrote down that God is light, that this light came in darkness inside of me, and he gave light to me. This is St. John the Apostle writing these words. Out of anything this, this, this smart, intellectual, philosophical guy could have said, St. John could have said, out of everything he saw Jesus do, he wrote something clear. My Savior is light, and he came into a dark part of me to give light. Simple. He didn't overcomplicate it. He didn't overcomplicate it. He says, I don't know a lot of things. I can't understand a lot of things. I don't understand a lot of things. But one thing I do know, that there was darkness inside of me. There was this void that I was trying to fill in other ways. And he was light. I can't, tell, I can't put my finger on it on what it was, but he is light that came into that darkness within me. This is why I love to go back to the simplicity of saying, God is light. I don't know a lot of things, but I know that his light inside of me makes me a better husband, makes me a better father, makes me better at my job. I, I, all I know, I'm better at life when I tap myself into the true light. End of story. I want to show examples throughout history of how becoming the light comes in different forms and comes in different shapes. For a lot of us, we think for me to give the light to others means this. Not at all. Not at all. One example is from an intellectual perspective. St. Paul the Apostle was the greatest missionary on planet Earth who was a terrorist before, before he became Christian. He was a terrorist. And his, because of his philosophy, because he was a very intellectual man, anytime he wanted to pursue someone and wanted to tell them about who Jesus is, he approached it from a very intellectual perspective. And he wrote a wide array of different letters to different cities around the Mediterranean Sea, to different groups of people with different worldview and different cultures. And, one, and he approached them from a very intellectual perspective and from a very vulnerable perspective. One of my favorite things that St. Paul wrote is he wrote a letter to one city, and he said, the things that I do, I don't even understand why I do it. Like, I'm struggling with certain habits and certain sins, addictions. I don't even understand why I do it, but I know it's not good for me. I know it's healthy, and I want to stop, but I can't get myself to stop. He wrote it in this very vulnerable way. And this is what made him so pastoral and made him so in touch 
with the people. So that was one approach he had, but overwhelming his approach was very from an intellectual, philosophical perspective, regardless of the culture that he would run into, that he approached them from a very cultural, from a very philosophical perspective to tap into them, for them to realize who Jesus is. So that's one approach. Second approach is from a very confrontational perspective. Mr. Loudmouth, St. Peter, the guy that loved to speak first, the guy that just kind of it would speak and then think about, wait, did I just really say that? That was St. Peter. But through his approach, like if you look, if you look at his, if, it, if you look at his sermons, you'd be like, okay, it's nice. But then you see at the end, 3,000 people were baptized. Like, are you kidding me? But from his approach, from his zeal, from his hunger, from him being outspoken, from him being a loudmouth, it's not in a bad way. He was the leader of the pack. He was one being a very dominant in personality. And because of his confrontational approach, in a way, it made people curious, yeah, who is this Jesus guy that St. Peter was talking about? Who is this Jesus guy that St. Peter has been following around the past couple of years? And they were curious of Jesus because of St. Peter's approach, being semi-confrontational. The third example of, of how we can become the light, that we see an example of diversity, of people who have been impacted by Jesus and wanted to bring that light to others, is from an invitational perspective, which is from St. Philip. St. Philip was an ordinary guy, ordinary disciple. And he had a really good friend. And his name was Nathaniel. And, and St. Philip had a good friend, and he said, he said, he said he, Philip, uh, Nathaniel was a hardhead. Nathaniel was kind of like stuck up, and he had like all these barriers and walls of not wanting to like see who God is or wanting to see who Jesus is. And St. Philip went to his friend, to his, to his buddy, Nathaniel, says, you got to check this guy out. Like, listen, we're both Jewish men. We know, we know the Torah. We know the Old Testament. We know all that stuff. But all that, I think I found the guy who all that points to. I found the man who all of that points to. And what was Nathaniel's response? <laughs> Come on, Philip. Nothing comes out of that rinky-dinky city of Nazareth. Nothing comes from there. That's like hillbilly town. Nothing comes out of there. No insult to anybody in the hillbilly. But nothing, nothing like, that's a, I, I don't want to use an example because I don't want to insult anybody. But he's like saying, like, nothing good comes out of that city. Nothing good comes good out of that city. But what did Philip's response say? Nathaniel, I don't, I don't, know, the answers to, I don't know the answers to your questions. I, don't, I, I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you how this whole communion thing works. I can't tell you how, how one higher being, an uncreated being, created the universe. I can't answer all those questions. Those are fabulous questions, Nathaniel, but I can't really give you an answer right now. But what I do want you to do is come and see. Come and see. Come and see. And, and because of, of, of Philip's personal touch to Nathaniel and saying, hey, just come and see. I don't know the answer to your question, but all I do know that this man is making me a better man. Jesus is making me a better man. That's all I know. But come and see. Come and see. And because of, of, of Philip having this invitational approach of him having light, Jesus, uh, that Nathaniel being impacted by the true light, he became invitational inviting his best friend to come. Philip's life was never the same from that point, and Nathaniel's life was never the same from that point. Another example of somebody who became the light by tapping himself into the true light through serving is Saint Beshoy. Is Saint Beshoy. Saint Beshoy was an Egyptian Coptic monk around the year 370 AD. And his, his, his passion 
was to serve others, not in a way like how we saw in the video. I serve, yeah, you know, somebody does something for me, I'll do something for them. You know, it's getting this nice thing to do. Someone paid, what's that thing called when someone pays at the, paying it forward. Yeah, it's not that way. Like, but he w wanted to continue to push unconditional love to others. And tradition says that he did it to the point that he saw Jesus himself. Because he continued to be the true light of Jesus to others, he saw Jesus. Because he was on a mission to continually to push unconditional love to others. He never preached. Like, we don't have any sermons by Sam Bishore. We don't have any of that stuff. But we know that he lived a life of serving others, of pushing unconditional love to others. This is how he was a light. And that impacted others. That impacted other monks and to the point where he saw Jesus himself through him serving others. Another way, which if you are a leader here at St. Mark Church, I am pushing you in this direction, which is a testimonial way of how to become the light in a testimonial way. An example of this was a man born from his birth. He didn't know a lot of things. But one thing he knew for sure, when people come and attack me, how are, how, like, how are your eyes open? Like, how did this happen? I've known you since you were a kid. You've always been blind. You, 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 you've never seen a thing. All of a sudden, you can see now. What happens, you kid? And the guy said, listen, I don't know the answers to your question, but one thing I know, I used to be blind. Now I have eyeballs. I used to not see anything. Now I can see everything. I don't know anything else. You keep on asking me questions. I don't know anything. But all I do know is my life is different. I can't tell you that I can't tell you I can't tell you about everything about who Jesus is, but all I know is I was in darkness. Now I'm in light. That's it. And I'm sure that's all he kept on saying for the rest of his life. You need to check out this Jesus guy. Or you need to at least go talk to his followers. Because all I know, he came into my life. I was in darkness. I was blind. But now I see. That's it. Simplicity. Simplicity. What I would love for us, anyone that says, I want to follow Jesus, is for us to follow the same way. Saying, listen, I don't know the answers to a lot of your questions, but you know what? I'm a better person when I come to church. I'm a better person when I invest just a, a few minutes every morning and I tap myself into my Savior. I'm a better person. I'm a better, I, I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm, a, I'm better at work. I'm better in dealing with the conflicts and issues in my life when I tap into the source of light. That's it. I can't tell you anything else. But I'd love for you to come to the 8 next Sunday. This should be our phrase. This should be our culture. You know what's the beautiful thing? Of St. Paul, St. Peter, St. Philip, St. Beshoy, and the blind man, which there's some tradition says that he, he became a missionary himself. But we don't know for sure. But we know for sure from these four out of the five, and let's put the blind man into the mix as well. If you notice, why am I putting ancient icons of all of them? Why am I putting ancient icons of all of them? If you notice in all their icons, there's a halo around them. We see their halo, and we think, oh, like, they, these are the saints. These are the holy ones. And we, you know, we sing hymns about them, and we, they, they seem like so far away from us. In reality, they're broken just like us. Sorry. They're broken just like us. They got issues just like us. There's no difference. But what they said is that I'm a better person when I tap myself into the true light, and I want to share that with others. If that means in a confrontational way, okay. If that means in an intellectual way, okay. If that means just in serving others without me having tried to open my mouth, okay. They are saints. They are holy. And guess who else is saints? And guess who else is holy? Every single person here. In our ancient form of worship, which centers around the Eucharist, which centers around us celebrating the body and blood of Jesus, 
We say that the holies that are here are for the holies. The holy that it, the, the body and blood of Jesus is for the saints. That's it. That we have to acknowledge that, you know what, I don't have my life all together. But I also have to acknowledge I'm a saint. I'm holy. Because I've been empowered by the, the, the creator of the universe. And he, I'm, I'm, my life is better because I follow him. And I'm called to bring that light that's within me to others. Not in, a, not in a degrading way, and you sit there and say, you heretics and heathen, you need to follow Jesus, the Savior, he's the Messiah. No. Don't go overcomplicate it. And do not put the, the, what you see on TV or done by other Christian traditions in your head. This is what evangelism looks like. Get that out of your head. I want us to get that out of I want, to, I want for us to think of evangelism, not to think of the billboards. Are you going to heaven or hell? Get that out of your head. When you think of evangelism, think of ancient Christianity. Think of these people. Think of, how did they bring light? I, I don't think they have billboards. I don't think they would do that. I don't think any of them were standing outside, you know, a, a baseball game just holding up signs saying, you need to come and repent. I don't think any of them were doing that. You know what's the beautiful thing? Of God putting on skin and making this clear to humanity? Jesus did all this. He approached us intellectually. Maybe it made us feel a little bit uncomfortable confrontationally. He invited us. He served us without opening his mouth sometimes. And he would share his testimony how he came from his father. But any time Jesus had any interaction with someone, and he met someone at an intersection, it was personal. Personal. It was personal. Christianity is relationship based to the point that God didn't just send a text message, didn't send out an email, didn't send out a letter, you need to do this so you can go to heaven. No. He came down in a human, tangible, fleshy way in order to heal our brokenness for us to have a personal relationship with him. There was an early Christian philosopher. His name was St. Cyril of Jerusalem. And he meditated on how Jesus looked at people and said, oh, you're a Sadducee? That's nice. I don't care about that. Oh, you're a Pharisee? That's cute. I don't care. He looked at all these labels, and Jesus didn't care about any of those labels. He didn't care about any of that. And this is what San Cyril meditated on as he meditated on the life of Jesus. Everywhere the Savior goes, he becomes all things to all men, to the hungry, bread, to the thirsty, water, to the dead, resurrection, to the sick, a physician, to sinners, redemption. St. Cyril of Jerusalem, in the year 370, noticed as he's reading the early manuscripts of the Gospels, as he's reading the early manuscripts of Jesus' life, he noticed that in every unique and diverse encounter and intersection Jesus had with someone, he approached them in a very personal way. He began with small talk, and it led to something more. And he says, actually, you know, I, I'm the living bread that can fill that hunger. I am the living water to, 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 to quench your thirst. I'm here to give you new life. I'm here to, 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 to give you new life. This is why our number one core value here at St. Mark Church is to come as you are. People who were nothing like Jesus gravitated toward him. People who were nothing like Jesus gravitated toward him. People who were nothing like Jesus gravitated toward him. And what is true of Christ should be true of us. What is true of Jesus should be true of us. 
regardless of your background or past. Your Savior invites you to come and see. We look at people, we think of labels. Jesus, why did he rock the world? Why did he rock history? Why did he transform the world? Because of this point alone, that he came and completely obliterated cultural norms. He cared less about any labels that people had on themselves. He completely threw that out the door. His entire focus is who is in darkness and who wants to come toward light. That was his entire thing. Who is dead and who needs new life? That was his entire message in the most simplistic way. This is why the church should be the number one place where we care less about labels. We live in a world where we're surrounded by labels. We're completely surrounded by labels. But this should be the hospital where those labels don't exist, where we're coming to, to, to say we're all broken, including myself, saying, hey, listen, I want to come here to tap myself into the creator of the universe. I want to tap myself into my heavenly father. I want to tap myself into the one who is outside of time, the one who is outside of space, the one who came down in flesh to bring healing to me. This is who I want to tap myself into. I'm a better person. I don't understand a lot of things. But you know what? I want to follow him following the pre-denominational path. I want to follow him in the most organic way. I want to find the fullness of life by pursuing him in the ancient faith. This is why every church, but I at least want to say for our church, San Mark Church, we have to drill this and tattoo this on our head and make this our mission to understand, to come as you are. Because this is who Jesus is. This is why so many people who like would come to Jesus, you know, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. Don't you know, like, we're not supposed to be talking? Don't you know this goes against, like, cultural norms? Don't you, like, hello, were you just born yesterday? Don't you know we're not supposed to be talking? We should obliterate all that. We should obliterate all of that. Because Jesus did. Jesus did. Last week we talked about for us to bring Jesus the Christ to others. For us to bring Jesus the Christ to others. As opposed to thinking other people should come. No, we are called to be an icon of him and to bring his light to others. Why I intentionally said Jesus the Christ, because some of us think Christ is his last name. You know, he's not Mr. Christ. He's not Jesus. He's, his first and last name is not Jesus Christ. But he, he is full human and he's full divine. So he's Jesus the Christ to others instead of others to Christ. What I want to say today, our message for today, is for us to be an incarnational intersection. What on earth are you saying, Father Nathaniel? Be an incarnational intersection. Before you think, like, whoa, I don't, like, I'm ready to dip out of here. Let's break down these words. Incarnational. It sounds like a churchy word. I'm sure a lot of us have heard it before. Incarnational means something, like, take it outside of the church context for a second. Incarnational means something to become flesh. Actually, the, the, the word means meat, something to become meaty, something to become tangible. So I say God incarnate is God, the divine, uncreated being, becoming incarnate. The uncreated being putting on skin, becoming flesh. This is Jesus. God incarnate equals Jesus. So he is so Jesus is, in, is, is the incarnate form of, of God. Being an, so I'm, I'm asking for all of us to be an incarnational intersection. Incarnational intersection. We are wanting to be a light 
of unconditional love, an, a, a light of mercy, an, a light of grace, a light of who Jesus is, of Jesus' mission to others. So I want to take that mission and I want to make it tangible. I want it to become fleshy. I want it to become real. What does that look like? I want that to become incarnational in my life. So maybe for, some, for someone, for, for that to become an incarnational reality, for me to make that a reality tangible might be a hug. Might be a greeting, might be a smile, might be an invitation for them to come to the aid. Might be just me giving them my ears. Might be in the, how I can make Jesus an incarnational reality now. How can I make him tangible? How can I make him real in this dilemma that I have right now? Maybe it's me just being silent. Maybe it's them giving them my, 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 my ears and being fully present in the moment and giving them my time. Maybe for, for me to take Jesus and make an incarnational reality now, maybe it requires this to go away. Maybe this requires me to put this away and me to be present with who's in front of me. This is how I can take who Jesus is and to make it fleshy, to make it tangible, to make it a reality right now. Be an incarnational intersection. You, are, you and me are always at an intersection with someone or, in, or an issue. You finished the liturgy. I asked you to meet someone new. You're at an intersection right there. You, desiring to be light, are at an intersection with someone else. Embrace that. That is, that is Jesus meeting someone at the well. That's you meeting someone at that intersection right there. What does that look like? What does it mean to be the light at that intersection? I can't tell you. And that's what we'll talk over the next three Sundays. But, but we have to understand that I am called to be, an inc to, to, to be at that intersection. I need to be incarnational. I need to take who Jesus is and make that fleshable, make that fleshy, make it tangible, make it meaty, make it real, make it applicable in that situation. That might be a hug. That might be, that might be saying, hey, are you free for, do you, you want to meet up for Starbucks? That might say, you know what, hey, there's a leisure group, I'd love for you to come. That might say, what are you doing after church? Whatever the case might be, but be at that intersection. Be at that intersection to take who Jesus is, regardless of your view of who he is to you right now. But we're called to take him and make him a reality and pushing him forward at whatever intersection we are in life. And that even involves not just in, 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 in the church setting, but even in conflicts. Listen, every single one of us are dealing with a dilemma and conflict. But maybe what I want to say, if I want to take care of myself in a more graceful way, let me be an incarnational reality of who Jesus is, maybe in a more graceful way. Maybe let me think twice about how I want to phrase this sentence or how I want to say this to deal with this conflict. Let me take who he is of how he dealt with conflict and make that an incarnational reality at this intersection that I am at. Then I need to take who Jesus is, I need to take who the Trinity is, and make him a reality in a fleshy, in a fleshy tangible way. Why? Because the Holy Trinity did that. Because God did that. God says that God didn't just sit upon a cloud and says, you know, stinks for them. You know, they, they, they should have read the Bible. No. He says, no, I'm going to come down myself. I'm going to come down myself. The pioneer of who put the mission statement of Christianity together, the pioneer who, who led the work to put the creed together in, in, in the early centuries, within the, within the year 350, was a, was a Coptic man named Saint Athanasius. Saint Athanasius, and one of his go-to sayings, which I love, he says that God became man in order for man to become like God. God became man in order for man to become like God. Saint Athanasius, 
the pioneer who, 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 who led putting the Bible together as we know it today, the man who was a pioneer of putting the mission statement of Christianity together, which we know as the creed, was a Coptic man, was a Coptic bishop, a young man, who said God became man in order for us to become like God. So we're called to do the same. We're called to take God in, 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 in a fleshy way in order for us to take myself with others to connect us back to where we belong, to connect us to where we belong. Going back to uh, the, the missionary of St. Paul, going back to the missionary of St. Paul, and looking at his vulnerability and looking at his, of, of how he approached and how he wrote letters to various cultures. To Rome, he wrote in a certain way. To the people who lived in Corinth, he wrote a certain way. He wrote in a wide array of different styles depending on who, he's, uh, who, who his audience is. What I want to highlight is one thing that he said to the city of Corinth, um, in the year 54 AD, he said this. Though I, Paul, am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. I'm, not, I, I'm free. I got no chains on me. I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not a property of anybody. I'm free, but I want to desire. I desire to serve others. He's not just using, like, we, the word service here. Like, <laughs> the word volunteer is here. Service here. A slave is here. Think, I... I belong to my Savior. I belong to God. I'm free. I got no chains on me. I don't want property of anybody. But you know what? I want to be a slave to others. I want to, to serve people. I wash their feet, whatever that might look like. I serve others. Why? Because I want them to experience what I experienced. See his testimony? I want them to experience what I experienced. I was a jerk before. But then I saw the light. I'm a better man because of him. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. Pause right there. To those that label themselves as Jew, okay, you know what? Let me embed myself into that culture. Let me embed myself into that ideology to kind of show them that it's not about the label. It goes, it's beyond that. that. That Judaism has now come to completion, has come to fruition, has come to wholeness. I hope I can say those, I hope I can say those words in this building. But <laughs> that's what he's wanting to point out. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. Like, I wanted to become one of them. I became incarnational. I became fleshy. I became tangible. I became, I got down to their level. I sat right next to them to understand. I didn't just send them this. I didn't just send them a YouTube link. Or I didn't just do this to them. No. I, I, I sat with them. I wanted to coffee with them. To the Jews, I became like a Jew in order to influence them to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. What on earth is Sam Paul saying? He's saying to those who are following, who are following, are, are, are legalistic to, to being bound by the Torah, being bound by, by laws, or who are following Judaism and, and just sticking to the law. To those who are under the law, who have become a slave to laws, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. So he would have a conversation. I get it. I get it. You, you, you know, dash not. I, I get it. You want, you, want, you, want, you want to be married to those laws and not understand that those laws are there for a relationship? I get it. Let, let's talk about that. Let's chat about it. Let, let me, let, you know, tell me about that. He got down to the level by being receptive, by hearing them out. So to the Jews, he put on his, his Jew hat, and he became like one of them to, to understand and embrace their ideology. Not to, to condemn them or just waiting them to speak so he can say something. No, he became like one of them. To those who are embraced by legalism, I became like one of them so I can understand where they're coming from, to so embrace their culture, under, embrace their ideology, so I can become like one of them, so I can eventually under, show them the fullness and the freedom and the liberty of the true life. 
To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. This is the most applicable to me. To those not having the law, those who just want, yeah, we should just have love and joy, dude. We should just have peace, man. Like, like, the, the, like the, the, those words that, like, you do you, who are, are having no boundary. Yeah, 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 man, I, I, I get that. Yeah, let's do that. We should just have love and joy and peace in our heart. And it doesn't matter, but, like, you know, you want to follow, it doesn't matter who you want to follow, man. You, you do you. You do what's true to you. Those who have no law, to those not having the law, I became like one of them. Tell me, tell me, tell me about, tell me about this love, this peace, the joy. Tell me, tell me about this kindness, how we should be kind to each other. Tell me about that. I want to learn. And then I would say, that's great. You know, I, I, I want that too in my life. But you know, that love you're talking about, God, that kindness, he has a name to it. He became fleshy. He became tangible. He became real. He goes by the name Jesus. But I love what you're saying. I get it. You do you, man. But that, that he has a name. He has a name. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. He said, I get it. They don't want to have the law. I get it. I'm all, I'm all for it. You do you. I get it. I respect that. Though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Jesus Christ. I belong to him. My identity is found in him. I belong to him. That's where I'm, that's where I'm bound. I'm a slave to him because I find freedom in him. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the week. And here's the kicker. I have become all things to all people, regardless of, of, of culture, of orientation. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I'm going to become whoever this person is. I, I, I want to hear them. I, want to, I, want, I, I would love to do coffee. I'd love to get down to their level. I want to understand them. Maybe I save them or maybe I don't. But you know what? I want to at least become an incarnational reality to them. I want to be the light to them. I want to meet them at that intersection. I might save some, I might not. But you know what? This is my calling. This is who I'm called. This is what I am called to do if I have any desire to pursue Jesus. This is what I am called. In the centerpiece of ancient Christianity worship is the Eucharist. It's the breaking of bread as it's described in the book of Acts. Anytime we get together and break bread, there is communion in the body and blood of Jesus. There's also communion in his word, which we gather and read from a passage from either the Gospel of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. In today's Gospel, we read about Jesus telling the disciples, you know what? I need you to go feed the people. I need you to organize the group here before we have lunch. Jesus is empowering those early Christians, empowering his disciples, empowering these, these leaders to go and delegate and to organize. He's saying, you know what? You be the light to others. I'm God. I can do it. I can wink. I can blink. I can snap my fingers, and everyone can have free lunch. I get it. I'm God. But you know what? I want us to work together. Because I have empowered you to do so much. I have empowered you to be light. So shed that light to others. If that means you're good at administration, okay, do that. You're, you're, hey, you're, you're, 
you want to pursue God in an intellectual way? Okay, pursue Him and bring that way to others. You have a calling to serve others in whatever capacity that might look like? Okay, be that light to others. My prayer is that, and, and, and I don't, I'm, no one here is to convince anybody of anything, but if I have any desire to pursue Jesus, I have to understand this is part of my mission. It's not from a consumeristic mentality of like, what can he do for me? That I have to understand that this is part of my mission. And I have to understand there's, there's not one shape fits all. That for me to be the light to others, that can come in so many different ways. Depending on my personality, my gifts, my, my, my talents of what I have. But regardless, I'm called to be the light of him. Just as I'm a better person when I pursue him, who is the true light, I'm called to bring that light to others in whatever way. And I don't have to have the answers to everything. But I am called to bring that light to the darkness within me and to others. Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, there's things that weigh us all down. Things that are just running through our mind that we lose sleep over. Questions to, 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 to things in life that we have no idea why it's happening. But God, regardless of where we are, we want to have the boldness and the courage to take that step toward healing, taking that step toward you being that true light in our lives. And we don't need to have it all together. We will never have it all together in our lives, but at least we are called to share wherever we are to others. Maybe this is happening in order for me to relate to others because I'm not the first person in this position and I'm not the last person to be in this position. But if I continue to pursue you being the light of love, then I am called to bring that light to others in whatever way that might look like. Through the prayers of all your saints, Lord, hear us as we all pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for that is the kingdom, the power, and the glory.